Welcome to another episode of Optional Skate Blues, our podcast where we talk hockey and focus on the St. Louis Blues. I'm Mike, here with Eric. What's going on there, man? Hey, yeah, friend. It has been <laughs> embarrassingly too long. It's been a little bit, but uh, yeah. it's April 11th. Uh, we're here with the 411, and uh, we're back from months uh, crazy in our respective lives, and I'm uh, going to get back to the business of talking some hockey and having some laughs. So uh, we'll check in on kind of things we thought about from the blues specifically in you know, the early year and talk about maybe changes that could be made uh, in the blues crease for, you know, present the playoffs and beyond and look at uh, see who were the surprising teams uh, around the league just kind of as it looks headed into the playoffs today. So, uh I think the I looked in. I think our last episode was on January twenty eighth, something like that. A uh, friend of the podcast and fellow O'Connor Ninja, John Lambert said, "Dude, you haven't you haven't posted a new recording since my birthday." <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's been embarrassingly long, man, but. A lot of things just kind of kept coming up and, and happening, yep. right? So uh, for me personally, we had uh, a big thing happen at my, my, my work, my school. Um, I'll just sum it up and oversimplify and say we had a little bit of a tragedy. Well, we had a big tragedy there. Um, we're, we're, we're processing, we're moving. Uh, but then also overall, man, I mean, hell, I've uh, got a different job and a different school district and um the private practice is starting to pick up so uh between that that tragedy at work um looking for getting a new job and the private practice picking up it's been uh it's been crazy but in in well two of the three have been good ways and one was the total dog shit but yeah yeah well every time it seemed like i talked to you you had a new kind of oven in you know pan on the fire like maybe i'm gonna do this thing and so it's uh little uncertainty, but sounds like uh, you've transitioned to something a little more comfortable and kind of works out well for your future too. Yeah, for my, it's it's a good pace for, for me. It lines up a little bit more with kind of some things that I'm about and, and want to be about. And then both my wife and I are now in the same district. So we're going to go from four schedules um, with each one of us having a different school schedule this year to just two next year. So it's uh, way more manageable. And and not only is it just schedules, but I'm super excited. I'm going to miss the hell out of the people in my current building, but I'm, I'm really excited to push and, um, you know, uh, start learning more and, and becoming a better person and better educator overall for the first time. And well, not the first time, but the biggest move in 12 years, man. Mm-hmm. So yes, but, since our last recording, this this go. was all the things <laughs> significant things that happened. So uh, we both turned forty. Uh, hey, hey. You're, you look handsome. You're a handsome forty. Yeah, we're doing well. It's the new thirty or whatever they'll say, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, my sister had a baby. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. you know ten ten weeks now. <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. The the Rams won the Super Bowl. Fuck yeah, it. there were the, the the Super Bowl halftime show that also made us feel forty, probably. But it was cool. <laughs> I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, Tom Brady retired and unretired. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, the whole Winter Olympics happened. <laughs> NHL All Star Game. Uh, the yeah. Hailbop Comet came through. <laughs> Uh, they confirmed a new justice on the Supreme Court. Uh, Phil Collins had his last performance, and uh, kind of devastatingly, Will Smith did that thing at the Oscars. So only one of those things was made up, but <laughs> only one. And I really enjoyed making it up. Uh, I don't know, man. Do I don't. Let's each pick one, and. And go with it. You can go ahead and pick first, man. Well, even for just that stuff, like, you know, we missed a bunch kind of in the hockey world, too. Like, right. is there a topic that 
you were sad that we missed. So my my thing was yeah. is you know I kind of always like the trade deadline. You know Same. who's. Yep. Who's going to get moved or, you know, maybe the, you know, the blues have been so active over the past couple of years and uh, right. yeah, you're what an Armstrong to make a move all the time. Right. Cause he, he seems to get the better of the deal. So, uh, you know, just kind of selfishly for the blues and just, you know, it's interesting to see what happens over the league, but any, anything that you were kind of. No, man, I, yeah, I love the trade deadline. I really, really do. I have multiple screens open. Um, uh, or tabs open, if not multiple screens going where I've got, you know, the rumors page. And I think that this is going to happen. And then TSN to see what's actually happened. And then cap friendly to see what money's going both ways and all that stuff. It's, it's a really, really exciting time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the one that I missed too, man. We didn't get a chance to talk about who got way better, who got, uh, who kind of threw their hands up and said, fuck it. And uh, who kind of stood pat, but um, you know, Nick Letty's a blue. So, uh, playing well. Yeah. Right. Been pretty happy. And, you know, it, it, it seems with like he's, going down. he's slotted in well. And, you know, they certainly have needed him, like you said, with crew going down. So um, it seems like he was here at the right time. And, you know, I think you see how players can be slow to acclimate, but he's been a veteran that's moved to a couple of teams. And I think that's um, served him well to get get going right away, too. So. Now, is there something that happened in the NHL that you're glad we didn't have to talk about? So, you know, there's been some cringy NHL stuff going on. But uh, mine is the uh, the, we didn't have to talk about uh, Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick dying. Glad to not have to talk about that. I, yeah, I'll... I'll agree. I don't know if I would have even chosen really to to talk on that all that much, but it's, I don't think so, man. Honestly, I've been so, I've been so consumed with all of these other things that hockey really took a, not a distant backseat, but I watched my first full game start to finish probably just um, middle of last week uh, since we stopped, since we stopped recording. So um, it's, it's just been this weird sabbatical and, uh, just, just some craziness, but now, man, I, um, no big stories that I was looking at that I was thinking, thank goodness we didn't have to talk about that. Or overall, it's just that trade deadline that I was missing for the positive. I mean, did Marshawn lick anybody or Tom Wilson, uh, you know, uh, sucker punch anybody or cadre knee on knee anybody those are the only three things i can think i was of. also glad we didn't have to talk about uh russian nhl players positions on the war uh that that oh, i was glad yeah. we didn't have to talk about or the uh yeah. rocky words town hall uh that that was also one that we were close to talking about <laughs> yeah, that. that was a couple days yeah, after think, the last episode yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we were close to talking about that that's a good call about the the you know anti uh, Ukraine war. It is really shitty what's going down there, right? Like I'm not gonna say anything to that, but we don't need to get into that on a hockey podcast though either, mm-hmm. right? Now, uh, we spoke a little while back about kind of you know what we we made some projections for players on on the Blues, and um, I, you know they're kind of looking pretty good now. I think we we had some high marks for. Buchnevich and Cairo and uh, Rob Thomas and um, you know all of them have sixty plus points right now with ten plus games in the season. So uh, you know you're really thinking that they're meeting the projections that we had for them. Hell yeah, and and I don't. I mean the, the those three guys, um, no question about just their speed, their raw talent, right, and their ability to just make hockey plays and to look really good doing it. So, I mean, those guys, all three of them um, are, are just killing it. And whenever they're in the lineup, they're making some dynamic things happen. The chemistry between uh, Bobby T and Kairou is, is crazy. And the chemistry between Tarasenko and Buchnevich is, is right there on that same level mm-hmm. too. Um, so, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the team right now? Anything like, what do you think is crazy or, you know, I don't know. The, the fact that we're not talking about 
the Blues' most important two players producing for the last like three years of of Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron and like them clicking. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's an afterthought after Tarasenko Buchnevich, that's an afterthought after Bobby T and uh, and Kairu, like that is incredibly impressive to me. Um, I would have, I was thinking we were going to get production from from those guys. I didn't think that they were going to be burying uh, O'Reilly and, and Perron's importance with uh, with the big club. What about you? Yeah, Mike? I mean, kind of. You know, I think it was alluded to a lot at the start of the season that. The Blues had a lot of organizational depth, right? And right. they had some young guys. You're hoping they can take the steps to to advance. Um, you bring in Buchnevich. He's kind of a, a replacement for Schwartz. Um, you know, if you just, you know, kind of look at him that way. If you're looking, yeah, um, yeah going into the or, year. Or yeah. Saad is maybe that, that same way. Um but cheaper even, and uh, certainly right. glad to have him over Playing shorts more. this year. Yeah, <laughs> Play, um, playing more games yet right. again. Right. So, just how much they've been able to spread out the offense is impressive. But I mean, the Blues are an exciting offensive team this year. This is not your 2019 St. Louis Blues that that won the cup necessarily. Um, they barely have any players from that team <laughs> anymore. Yes. Um, but very light on the, right. on the people who still have. Right. Range, so it's, right? it's just a different composition. And I think that that part um, is exciting to see. It's, it's a little more exciting to watch and um, they're certainly right there in the thick of it. I think that they're maybe a little bit ahead of even where I thought that they would be at this point. I think I was thinking they would be, struggling to make that two, three game in the division. Um, but you know, they, they're, uh, looking to push the second place in the division. And I don't think anybody's going to catch Colorado, but no, yeah. no, yeah, not a chance. I mean, that's, it's really just who wants home home ice between the blues and the, and the wild at this point. Right. But I, I, yeah, I, they are where I sl- kind of had them slotted mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. I really did think that they were going to be that two, three place in the league. I thought they would definitely wouldn't be a wild card. Right. But I mean, um, as far as the style of play, it has been, like you said, it has been really, really great. And in the depth, I mean, Nathan Walker coming in and doing and playing great hockey right. uh, from time to time. Right. And, and Logan Brown coming in and being called on whenever you need him. Um, you know, Sonny going the other way to bring Letty in and our, our PK not missing a beat. And let's just talk about the big old fat elephant in the room. Um, you know, I said that if Huso played more than 15% or, or 20% of the games at the beginning of the year, we were going to be in just an absolute just tailspin and quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, not to say that I didn't think that this could happen, but, you know, like, the guy didn't have a big history of performing well over long periods of time, speaking specifically on Bennington. And, uh, right. But, you know, I don't know if we were too high on Huso going into the season either, you know, right? He, he didn't look very impressive no. in, in uh, seasons past and um, has really, really stepped up. And, you know, I think that his positive play has overshadowed Bennington's negative play, probably to his benefit, um, because right. you know both, but both their benefits certainly. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> especially being what UFA at the end of the year RFA RFA, RFA. RFA. yeah yeah. So yep. I mean, I think that they Bennington has certainly hurt his performance. Uh, this is the first year of a six-year, $36 million contract. Um, and I think, you know, he has like a 900 save percentage and, you know, over three goals against. And uh, that's just not an NHL starting goalie statistics. And um, I think that, you know, there are times where the team looks like they've hung him out to dry and, there are situations where your team may let you down, but it feels like he gives up the spine snapper goal in those situations or, you know, that momentum killer yep. and Billy's yep. 
been making those saves more often than not. So um, it's 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 been really hard to want to have him in net. It it really has. I I I really hope to see, and I wouldn't have thought this at all, but I, I'm I'm hoping to see Huso whenever he's in there. Like you're you're resigning the fact that Bennington's going to play the second night of a back to back, or he's going to play the lesser team on back to back mm-hmm. games, right? And and he's going to be the guy who who gets the starts against the the Coyotes and and those types of teams. But the thing is, like then those games can some like they've they've become interesting like they're not the the slam dunks that you think that they very well could have been if Huso's there you know Bennington is yeah was that the Edmonton he's an emotional guy mm-hmm. right yeah and that Huso came in and, and ended up mm-hmm. winning right wasn't that the I one so. I think they lost I mean, in that's... overtime but yeah they they came back from five goals I think yeah and I mean, you need to look no further than that as the turning point for whenever it became the crease strictly became Huso's. So I mean, it's it's going to be Huso's net moving forward. I, like you said, this contract I was praising it at the beginning, and you know, less than seventy one or seventy two games into the the first season of it, you got to be thinking like this is this is going to be a hard pill to swallow. Because Bennington's even got a no trade clause, full no trade clause, up to twenty four twenty five. Whenever he goes to, uh, down to eighteen no trade list, twenty five twenty six he gets a fourteen uh, no trade list, and then twenty six twenty seven goes down to a ten team. So he has every bit of a say into where he goes and what he does. And I think that he wants to start and he wants to prove himself. But I mean, finding a team that is willing to take a flyer on him and willing to eat that full salary cap because Armstrong has never taken on you know, never held salary. I mean, it's going to put the blues into a bit of a pinch going into this, this off season slash uh, going into the draft. I mean, I Armstrong's found some suckers before, right? But I don't know if he's going to find a sucker here. Yeah, well, uh, what if his bro does him a solid down in the desert? You know, Bennington can play in front yeah. of the three thousand people that'll be in the stands <laughs> there next two years, or and that's if they sell out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, at Midwest Sport <laughs> Hockey, where the where the Coyotes are gonna call home. Oh man, that's embarrassing, right? Let's talk about that for a little bit. It's it's seriously it's not even four thousand seats in there, right? I I want to say it's five thousand or they're Is expanding it, really? it to five thousand by the time that you know the, the the stadium will open or something. But yeah, it's a an embarrassingly low amount. Yeah, um, it's not a professional stadium. Um, it's I what is it? You know, it's a what is it? The Arizona State College. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a college. It's a collegiate hockey stadium. And I don't even know if it's a like a, a collegiate hockey stadium as much as it is, it is like a club. Because yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're officially like a Pac-10 hockey league or anything. No. Yeah, like a. We're not talking but... about Michigan hockey. We're not talking about Notre Dame. We're not talking about uh, uh, Minnesota State. Right. We're talking about number one party Arizona school. hockey. Yeah. Hey, right behind Mizzou and and Truman State. Uh, no, neither one of them. Well, maybe Mizzou, but not true. Anyway, yeah, man, I think um, it's it's just going to be really, really hard for, for Bennington to find a place, but he's got to want to go to the desert, right? Like, it's Yeah, well, I you know, we talked about it when he got the contract, just kind of that weird uh, no-move situation in, in his contract, how, you know, they may be stuck for a couple of years, and this could be uh, – uh, like a Tristan Jari, uh, what's his face situation? Yeah. Matt Murray, you know where? Yeah, right. Oh, maybe he Matt he had Murray. a terrible start, but somebody still bought that contract, and um, you know yeah. ma- maybe they'll be able to do something like that. And uh, you know, so I, you kind of pose this question: Is there an ideal amount of games that you are looking for Bennington to play in the postseason? So. I think that there's only two two positive outcomes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? What do you got? Where he either plays like zero to 
one, two games, right? Yeah. Or he plays, you know, 20 games, all right? Not, not necessarily yeah. all, but like maybe he loses his spot, right? You know, he drops a game or two, yeah. Bennington gets in, seizes it, and just runs yeah. the table again, right? Or yep. Huso plays, you know, the way he has and, uh, you know, really just dominates and keeps the net the whole time. But when you get into that, wishy-washy where you're yep. playing six games and you have three and three and you know that's kind yep. of the something something's wrong well or it's kind of the carter hutton years of the blues or the you know where you're you know you don't really have that number one it's kind of one a and one b right so yep. uh you think that you were trying to eliminate that situation by locking down bennington and he's your guy but but here you are again. So, yeah, I can, I, I agree. I think that it's, if Bennington, I think Bennington gets game one, honestly, I think that Baruby will, will go ahead and hand him the crease and say to him, um, make me, you know, uh, make me look like a genius. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that Bennington gets uh, game one against the, the Minnesota wild. And he'll have every opportunity to go ahead and, and get, you know, a couple of votes short of the con Smythe again. Um, but I do think that that Huso will end up playing uh, the majority of those games. And like you said, it's 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 either going to be feast or famine. You know, Bennington goes out there and just runs the table or or Huso gets pulled uh, or it's that that washing thing. Right. It goes back and mm -hmm. forth. It's we don't we don't even know who's really going to play We're we're getting handled out here by minnesota caprizov uh you know eck uh erickson x out here just doing all the uh all the damage on the scoreboard and we can't figure out a way to keep the puck out of our net so we're we're teeter-tottering back and forth in an early exit if the, if one guy doesn't get the lion's share of time we're gonna have an early exit yeah that's that's totally what i think and um I, how about well, well we'll talk a little bit about the league here like Central Division, you were talking a bit about Minnesota. They made some big moves at the deadline. Um, yep. Do you have a big surprise in the Central, like a team that you... Yeah, so the surprise ups and the surprise downs is kind of how I, I kind of organize the, the overall look at where the state of the league is right now, right? If we're looking at standings and that. And my, my surprise up is absolutely Minnesota because I had them as being a team that was really, really going to jump and make a move, I didn't think that they were going to make this this big of a move. The idea that they're going, Garen um, does an exodus of the majority, if not all of his leadership group, and getting rid of uh, Suter, getting rid of Parise, and bringing in Talbot. Um, you know, whenever I saw Talbot coming in, I thought, here we go. Like, here's a new GM doing the same stuff that old GMs kind of kept doing with Talbot and making these mistakes with trying to recycle goalies. But Talbot played really, really well. And then he goes out there and snags MAF um, and hoping to help them down the stretch run to where if Talbot's not getting it done, you can go to a guy who's done it multiple times and Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, uh, that's a big, big move, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a statement move, right? And... After the moves that they made at the beginning of the year with Parise and Suter and, you know, kind of the deadlock cap that they have coming up soon, yeah. like he's taken some swings and he probably should. So, you know, that they're certainly kind of around where I thought that they would be and a little bit improved and not, they're kind of an exciting team to watch. Also, it, the, the games with the Blues have been great because... They've been pretty high scoring and we've kicked their ass in like every one of the games, right? <laughs> We're like 11, right. one and two against them, you know, in, in our last 14, something yeah. crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, a really solid team. I think, you know, my surprise is um, the Avalanche. We knew that they were going to be really good, right? But, but they're right. really, really good. And they had that. And they lost their they starter. They had that slow right? start, and everybody's like, "What's wrong with the Avalanche?" And then all of a sudden, they had 15 more points than anybody else in the league, and 
um, they just haven't stopped, right? The regardless of what's happened on their team, they've had a bunch of defensemen out. They've had uh, their captain out. You know, they they lost McKinnon for a game or two because he got in a fight. Like, but but they've just plotted along and uh, uh, seem seem like a juggernaut. And then Nashville. I mean, I I yeah, I, I didn't right? expect they them still... to be in the mix and um, with with the the. Uh, I'm struggling with the names. The the center, um, Johansson. You know he he's kind of been a, a disappointment for them in the past few seasons, and um, has really been taking a jump. Uh, Forsberg's been really solid. Duchesne, Duchesne as well. Yeah. So yeah. maybe some assets that kind of were depressed that really uh, are making a statement here. I don't know. It might be a contract year or something, wow. but. Roman Yossi has 87 well, points uh, on the blue yeah. line. <laughs> uh, is he going to get to 100 points? What's more crazy, Makar getting, what, 30 goals and having an incredible season, or Yossi with 100 <laughs> points potentially? Like It's going to be a heck of a Norris voting just, just in two central Those teams two. alone, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both playing exceptional hockey. I forget what I was watching whenever they said that Roman Yossi was leading the Predators in scoring. And I was like, well, you know, whatever. I hadn't been paying very close attention to the Predators at all. But then whenever I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, man. Right. <laughs> this guy, uh, you know, 19 goals, 68 assists with 34 of those coming on the power play. Uh, pumping some pucks on net with 243. I mean, whenever the the... Predators moved on from Shea Weber. You thought like, I where's there's going to be this vacuum? Like, where are they going to get all this from? And then fast forward a couple years, you know, uh, Pola, uh, Poyle looks like a genius for pawning Weber off and Yossi with this ascension from. I, I mean, yeah, he was good, but I never thought he was. Dude was going to be 87 points in 70 games. Good. If he doesn't get another point for the rest of the year. He's a point per game defenseman. Yeah, Poyle does not look like a genius if he retires, though. But uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that would be hilarious. Oh, did he walk? Is he done? I mean, yeah. he's you know getting that LTIR money, but which is bogus, right? Because yeah. if if he retires, yeah. that all that money goes back on Nashville. So, uh, oh, I thought you were talking about if Poyle retires. I was like, did I miss something? No, well, here? no, you're talking about. I Weber. mean, I, I got you. I, think I got you. Going into the season, you know, we talked about Nashville being a surprise, but there was legitimate thoughts that Poyle uh, would be out after this season. Like, this is a potential yeah. team that we were looking at a rebuild on, or you know, a soft rebuild, or whatever, yeah. whatever they call it now. But um, they've retool yeah but yeah what they've had has has been enough and they they've kept it competitive and looks like they might get uh calgary in the playoffs right now good luck who who do you think is uh disappointing in the the division like what which one is not uh holding up to what you thought was going to happen winnipeg i mean that's a that's a really really easy answer for me i i think I think that that you look at everything that they've got going on. Hellebuck, whenever they were going into it, I think I had them going deep into the playoffs. And now they were looking at, at the trade deadline. Um, they were looking at doing one of those trade and still see what we can do kind of situations. I, I kept hearing Stassi's name being thrown around everywhere and anywhere. And then instead of really having a lot of faith in their team and, and going to make a big splash – they had uh, the old uh, Curtis Sanford, uh, not Curtis Sanford, uh, Zach Curtis fucking Sanford, Zach. Sanford. Yeah, thank you. I was like, why did I just say that name? It was, it was a player. Yeah. It was a player for the Blues. He played goalie though, um, and they added Zach Sanford as their beef up, right? So I mean, they're just they're playing with house money, I guess, and whatever happens this year happens. He's kind of beefy. I have zero comments on the beefage. Uh, now, what about if we look out to the Pacific, the, that part of the Western Conference? Uh, 
Who, who's your surprise up from over there? I'm going to let you start on that one, man. Who do you got for, for Pacific up or down? Um, you know, the, the Kings, we talked about them uh, a bit, you know, as like a surprising team might make a run for the playoffs. They got a lot of young talent. Yep. And um, I think that they've, they're a lot higher than I expected them to be. They're, they're looking at third in that division ahead of the Vegas Knights. Um, and they've had some pretty significant injuries on the team with Dowdy being out for a long time and, um, just, you know, six of their opening day starters have missed some significant time. So, uh, they're starting to put it together with the talent that they have. They've been slipping a little bit towards the the end of the season here in their last couple of games, but, uh, I, I, I've been surprised at how well they've been performing. And it's been in spite of their goaltending. Mm -hmm. I really thought that uh, Pedersen was – yeah, I thought that I, – I I had him as making huge strides this year, and he's got under a 900 save mm-hmm. percentage. Um, and I know that goals against team? are high. Yeah. He was. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought I was making a steal, right? I want to talk about not checking shit for a while. Like, no episodes from Optional Skate Blues. I did not check my fantasy hockey team for months. Um but uh, no, I, I, their goaltending has, has been really, really soft. And it's basically been a 50-50 split between Pedersen and Quick. And, and Quick's playing marginally better. Mm-hmm. But I, I see that with all of their injuries and with that kind of a split in, uh, in net, whatever they do, if they end up in the postseason, they're going to be in and out in a, in a hurry for sure. The the Oilers aren't much to be feared of in the playoffs, so maybe they'll uh, they'll be all right. But <laughs> I, I think that they can take the oil. This like I I really do feel like uh, they're gonna make at least past the first yeah. round this year. If L.A. and Edmonton square off, I I see them getting it. But if Vegas pumps up and and gets in there for Edmonton, like Edmonton fans <laughs> are gonna be so pissed off. <laughs> because Vegas still does have that talent for sure and could add another first-round exit to Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid's resume. Yeah, and also surprising over there is just how well Calgary's played. I mean, I don't they weren't on my radar for top of the division over there. I think everybody's thinking Vegas, but I, I don't know that I thought that they would be the powerhouse that they are, and um, that top line has just been one of the best in the league with Kachuk and um, Manjapane. They, they just have a lot of pieces that I, I don't think that I was aware, you know, had the abilities that they did. And they, they, they seem to uh, have really done a good job getting Markstrom um, onto the team because he's been very, very solid. And, and, traded really really early and made a commitment to winning really really early and bringing uh to fully mm-hmm. in too right like they they said we're gonna we are going to commit to trying to win this year and they absolutely went out there and got after it and some of the goals man that that kachuk is putting in and the the play from goudreau and and these guys it is absolutely insane they've got a great top right because we were all saying johnny Um, goudreau mvp candidate at the start of the year right no right no maybe he'll get traded (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he's he's disgruntled he wants out of calgary that's all i ever hear about goudreau in in calgary Mm -hmm. right and um and yeah, the guy goes out there and just kills it in a similar fashion to whenever, uh, you know, Tyler Hall um, was the MVP whenever he was in uh, uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? Nobody saw that coming. Nobody's really seeing Goudreau coming. I mean, the guy's got the talent, and everybody's always known that. But um, but to put it together on a team and with lines like this, and they're they're playing really really great. The the question in uh, Calgary is is you know, Markstrom is killing it in net too. So is he going to be able to get to the postseason and really uh, keep that going? And and another that was the other question too, right? Everyone thought that uh, Jacob Markstrom was going to come in and just turn heads in Calgary and net. He's played well, but the the resume, the sample size, pretty small. And whenever you say that the scoring around the NHL is up just exponentially, and the dude's rocking a two sixteen. 
uh, GAA, I mean, any other year, you got to look at that as below too, right? Yep. Uh, now, now, surprise in the division. I mean, the Knights seem pretty obvious, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, I mean, there is a world that exists where the, and we're living in that world right now, honestly, where the Knights aren't in the postseason. Nashville and Dallas are, if the playoffs started today, uh, Nashville and Dallas are your wild card teams, and Vegas is on the outside looking in. And Vegas has a game, uh, has has played a game more than Nashville and Dallas too. So, it's it's going to be a sketchy a sketchy year out in Vegas. And I read an article about um, how Vegas went from a, a team where a lot of people wanted to come and they wanted to play and they wanted to spend a whole bunch of time there and, and saw what the organization was doing for its players to seeing what the organization does to its players and how it treats the players as expendable and I want the shiny new object and um, what have you done for me lately kind of situation and that they're actually going the opposite way uh, in the way of respectability amongst uh, the the players in the NHL. Again, I have no insight on this in any way, shape or form. Uh, this was either an article or, uh, you know, an interview that I was watching. I can't remember which one, but there there's a world where they're where they're out for the first time in franchise history. And they made some huge additions and they keep trying to, to add to it. Right. Yeah. You know, I think they're headed on the right path to the playoffs now. I mean, they've won seven of the last eight, I want to say, and um, seem to be getting healthy um, at the right time, kind of here moving into the playoffs. But uh, I think those fans are kind of spoiled and it would be really interesting oh, yeah. to see what happens the with, if yeah. they don't make the playoffs and they traded the, you know, the favorite player in uh flurry and, you know, you you could blame some part of their struggles on um, the goaltending that they do have in Laner right now. And it seems like some of the fans do blame him pretty significantly for, for their struggles. So, uh, you know, it could be somewhat of a powder keg there. They, they really had some lofty expectations coming into the season and they haven't um experienced uh the heartbreak of not making the playoffs certainly uh ever in the history of the franchise right oh absolutely and or any they, professional they sport like i mean i right. in vegas right. uh right because I, I think that the the raiders have made the playoffs every year that they've been in there so it's like the all that they've enjoyed is success so it's kind of it's it's laughable and then whenever but whenever you look at the way that they did flurry and then, you know, um, the, the backup at Laurent Brassati or whatever, Brassois. <laughs> of course, that's how you pronounce that B R O S S O I T. Um, but now they've got, um, you know, for a time there, they had Logan Thompson as the guy who's got the, the keys to the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Right. And he played well enough seven and four, uh, two five five goals against and a nine two one save percentage, but that could have been a terrible stretch of hockey. Whenever they had to count on him as their as their go to guy, so um, I even if it this could be the year when the they the wheels kind of start to fall off there in Vegas, and that's a really great question as to how their fan base is going to react. Are they going to? kind of be fickle if they don't get into the postseason or is this going to be a fan base that that sticks by them and is kind of ride or die i'd love to see how that plays turn on jack eichel in another market or like you know just it's it could be just so many things right yeah that would be awful and awesome at the same now also kind of surprising in the pacific was just how fast anaheim plummeted they had such a great start to the season and just uh, have fallen apart. And really, they, they sold a bunch of pieces at the deadline and um, really just kind of gave up on the season despite the, the really strong start that they had. So The future's still really, really, really bright in Anaheim, though. Honestly. As long as they don't I mean, keep skilling it up. I mean, Tyson Nash will get mad at them. Yeah, right. God forbid, Tyson Nash. Um, but 
I, I mean, you've still got Gibson in net, right? And then you've got all this youth that's coming up at the exact same time. And they're going to go through these growing pains, and then they're going to need another two, three years before they're playing some incredibly meaningful hockey uh, into the postseason. But you know they they've got to they've got to bide their time, and they've got to continue to suck for a little bit more. But um, they will absolutely uh, come out on the other side. But yeah, man, they were killing it early, and I and I don't think that that was I don't think that that was a coincidence i just think that there's so many kids on the team that that they weren't sure how to uh sustain that and i think that the other clubs were able to kind of catch up and and get their number a little bit and uh they'll they'll grow beyond that and i think it'll be fairly quick uh now looking into the east uh the metropolitan do you have a surprise in that division the rangers man like they Rangers are sitting there with a hundred points right now. They are tied uh, for fifth in the league. And I thought that they, and I think that we talked in our pre, you know, before the season started that we talked about how they went maybe way, way too far on the, the grit o meter, <laughs> right? Like, oh, we're going to kick the shit out of every, and I mean, it, look no further than, than Buchnevich, right? I mean, if you're going to just take skill for Buchnevich, and I'm even blanking right now on who who went the other way. Um, Sammy Blay. Oh, hell. Blay. Yeah, Sammy Blay, right? For for Buchnevich. Holy shit. Who got injured and but hasn't played the a, whole year, too. Exactly. Within the first, like, 15 games mm-hmm. or whatever, he blew out his everything on his leg. And, um, you know, who's who's to say that he'll be a factor even moving forward? But... They're playing some really, really great hockey out there. And I did not, I saw them being good, but I didn't see them being, you know, having clinched a, a postseason berth with 11 games still left in the yeah. year. Uh, and, you know, I also chose them as my surprising team. And I, I think that they're an exciting regular season team, but the way they're doing it now is by goaltending with Shesterkin like he's just been freaking amazing and you know potential heart trophy winner for how well he's played um and the power play their their five and five numbers are pretty disastrous and um I think that it's hard to win with your power play in the playoffs and maybe your goaltending can certainly drag you there but I think that uh they're, they their five on five numbers are just so so bad that they're they're not gonna. I mean, it's a murderous row over there. Like the the entire East is super deep, and uh, you know, like they're looking at the Penguins right now, who have had a uh, better than average uh, season, and yeah. you know, I I think that the goaltending can only take them so far, and uh, but but certainly a big surprise. I didn't think that they had the the firepower to make the playoffs and you know the i think i look at the east and it, it seemed pretty straightforward um and they're the only team right kind of yeah if you flip-flop them and the islanders that's kind of how i i thought it would work so you know the islanders were my surprise down team um you know they're 25 Same. points off the the rangers uh yeah. just kind of had a disastrous season they they struggled defensively which is kind of their their thing they have a negative goal differential which is not a thing that i for that i would have predicted going into the season for sure yeah not for a lou uh Mm -hmm. team Uh, there's no way that you have that and their goaltending was supposed to be so strong and it looked really really great and uh and has been really light and uh they just got off to a really really bad start to the year um never recovered And and with all the, you know, it's hard to even remember a time when we were talking about who's out with COVID protocol all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean now? Um, but uh, but yeah, they, they got off to that disastrous start, had to reschedule a bunch of games, weren't even playing in their arena and all that for a bit. And um, and just haven't been able to hit their stride since. No. So 
uh, they were they were also my surprise downturn team. I think I had them going all the way to the the conference final at least, if not the Stanley Cup yep. final. Um, and then for the Atlantic, I mean, my big surprise is the Panthers. Um, wow. I, I don't think it's surprising that they're good, but they're just they're really 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 good, and they <laughs> loaded up at the deadline too, like the. They score a shit ton of goals. Like they have three hundred and two goals on the season. It's a <laughs> like they they. Who's the next? Who's next? Two seventy seven and two seventy seven is the two seventy seven yeah. Toronto is the next closest. Holy hell, that is impressive. Uh, so just you know, you say that that they're just gonna play exciting hockey and win games five to four. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of skeptics that say you can't win that way in the playoffs and, um, we'll see and it'll be exciting, but that, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of that game that they played against the Maple Leafs that, um, no, it was like eight to seven and it went to overtime. Like they were, they were down four goals and came back and tied it up and then lost in overtime. And the, the, just, Crazy, well played, but amazingly skilled hockey games going on with the Panthers every night. So, and they're bound like they've got it. They've got the superstars. Mm -hmm. They've they've got and and beyond the superstars, they have incredibly balanced scoring. So they've got Herberter at one hundred four, and the uh, but then they got Barkov at seventy nine points in fifty nine games. it he is on my fantasy squad, Barkov, and yeah. he just had like yeah. a, a eight game stretch where he averaged over two points a game. Like, so yeah, that's he crazy. Just, like, that's crazy, crazy amounts of points by these guys. And then they've got two, four. Then they've got four players in the fifties with mm-hmm. points, and then they've got two, four, four players with forty points, and then they've got two with thirty, two, three with twenty something. Right. right? So I mean, there's incredible incredibly balanced approach out there in, in Florida. And, and I think that they're, they've got it to the point where they can put the puck in the back of the net. Their goaltending has not been impressive in any way, shape or form uh, with Knight or Bob. Uh, But again, Bob's only got six losses. He's got a two, seven, two goals against. Six losses. Knight has eight losses with a two eight three goals against. So, I, I mean, I think postseason hockey in years past has been the the you know tighten down the checking and and grind it out and everything like that. These players are so fucking fast that I don't know. Like in order to mm-hmm. hit them, you gotta catch them. Or you got to be in just the right place at just the right time and not have them put you on a poster. So um, I don't know, man. Like you said, I think that this could very, very easily be a year whenever offense just comes in and just explodes in the postseason. Yeah, and that I think that's this is the toughest division of them all. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, the Maple Leafs are having a fantastic season. Uh, the Lightning are doing what they do every year and are in third place. And, um, you know, the Bruins are super competitive and right there with everybody else. Yep. So, uh, you know, they're going to have 95 points and are looking at a wild card, which is, you know, it's more points than the Blues have. Right. So, right. Uh, just – I, I don't know if I was really surprised necessarily at any team in this division, but uh, it's probably surprising at how bad the Canadians actually are. They, yeah. they have 51 points. Uh, you know, they got they, they were in the Stanley Cup last year, and, uh, you know, they had a lot of changes at the start of this year. and But I, I don't think that they're a Carey Price and a, a you know, right. like, one player away from making the playoffs, like they have two more points than the Coyotes do. It's that they're negative yep. uh, eighty-seven goal differential. They have less than two hundred goals scored. It's it's really really bad. And whenever people were saying, whenever you specifically were saying, like Montreal's not going to be able to keep pace, they're not going to, you know, they're going to be a big fall. 
I was thinking in the back of my mind, okay, like they'll, okay, they may they may fall, mm-hmm. right? Like that's definitely not sustainable based on their personnel. However, no way did I see them competing for first pick right overall. to the uh, Caulfield. You know, all that disaster that happened with him at the start yeah. of the season. You know, no no Shea Weber. They um, lost some defensemen early and just they, they've been anemic for, for most of the season. Their best goalie <laughs> is Jake Allen with a nine wins and 20 losses, a goals against average of 3.3. And a save percentage of nine oh five. So if that is your sounds like Jake Allen go to goaltender, I mean you're in a bad way. And he's and he's out, like yep. right? Like he's he's on uh Yeah, on he IR just went on IR. Reason. But Price I think is gonna come back, so he'll play the last little bit of the season, it sounds like. And then retire, Maybe. probably. I think he gets yeah. I think he's got a couple more years at ten million, so that's <laughs> Hang around, hang around for that. I'll, I, I can, I can, I can play a little bit more. I'm sure you can. Shea can be on the LTIR. Yeah, LTIR buddies. So you, you know, we had the the trade deadline come and go, and um, you know what we picked up Letty and kind of he he yeah. started off well, and but uh so you know we know the kind of the good parts of uh, of armstrong right as, as the blues gm but i you know we kind of joke that he has a knack of signing some players at kind of the worst potential moment yeah. like the peak of their um positive <laughs> yep. performance streak that you know may may force you to give up a little little extra so uh so like we talked it's Bennington's first season of his $36 million six-year contract. Um, and yeah. he is struggling mightily this year. Uh, does this remind you of any other Blues player signings? I uh, my, my favorite one, well, two, I guess I should say, is, is, is Berglund, man. Berglicious, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he, he would always show you that he in international play Berglund would like come out of absolutely nowhere and play just a rough and tumble um banging in goals in front uh style of hockey and you'd be like there there he is right there that's the guy and I Armstrong did it two different times signing him to like two different four or five year contracts for like four and a half uh million dollars or like five million dollars each time and he went quiet for four years of that contract. And then the last year of it uh, in that, in that get ready to pay me time, he would start playing well again. And Armstrong would sign him, you know, the, the two weeks before the trade deadline or the week before the season started and everybody'd get all excited about it. And then it would just be, you know, um, just, just fall flat again for another, three years or whatever it was. So he, he constantly did that with Berglund. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, Berglund was the one that stood out to me the most that that second year or the second contract right before they, they dealt him. Yeah. I think he had 10 goals and, you know, like a 15 game period signed the contract and then, didn't score another goal the entire rest of the year. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you, good fucker. What was that? What's up for us, super uh-huh. troopers? <laughs> yeah, Berglund just runs up to yeah, runs up to Doug Armstrong. Got you, good, you fucker. All right, good. Say car ramrod. Say car ramrod. Oh, you didn't say it. I forgot. Uh, the other one, man, that I had on there was was Laterra, right? The old uh, the old booger sugar coke mule, yeah. uh, allegedly, allegedly. Interpol reported that, but <laughs> oh, was that a thing? All right, there you go. That's got to be. You say Inetrode? Um That sounds reasonable enough, but yeah, he was another one too. Whenever you considered that, um, Tarasenko said, "Please sign Artemi Panarin," and. 
uh, Armstrong said, thanks a lot for the advice, and then signed Yori Laterra. But Laterra had that one really good year, and um, Army paid him, you know, uh, I think it was in the fours, I believe. And, um, you know, how do we get rid of him, Shen, right? Yep. Um, Laterra for, for Braden Shen and, and, and some picks. So, I mean, Jesus, right. jokes on them for sure. So who who's he gonna get to take dinner? Maybe hopefully not. Um, you know, like uh, yeah, I, I, I hope not. Back, I hope he finds the guy. Like yeah. you, you want him because I mean he won yeah. that Stanley Cup. He was a deciding factor yep. in how successful we were that season in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How Benner got his groove back. I hope we get a chance to see that yeah. movie this uh, <laughs> this postseason. Now, I don't know if. If it necessarily is the same, but I, that whole weirdness with Hitchcock was kind of a weird Armstrong thing, right? Yeah. Like that, that was really the yeah. only other big fault I could, I could think of, That's right? That's a good call. Just the, the co- lame duck not on be the bench. Coach. Yeah, <laughs> with a yeah. not-so-great yeah. guy you didn't really want to go to anyway. You probably had better better choices if you would have just made yeah. the shift than yo, and then you ended up with the worst of all the situations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, really great call. Just getting my friends jobs. I think uh, Buddy Jarrett said that before. You know, Armstrong is the king of keep my friends employed and and paying their mortgage. And and that's that was his mo with Hitchcock because he's still an advisor even right now too. He is right? back as a uh, consultant or some some has there some advisory role with the Blues. Yeah, yeah. Study the Civil War and talk to us about it <laughs> on an elevator. Shut the fuck up, Hitchcock. I'll tell you about the Battle of Antioch. Shut up, Is that a a thing? (laughs) I believe so, yeah. (laughs) Not the Battle of Antioch, but that was the thing that Hitchcock did? Oh, no, not at all. No, I was was just imagining him walking around uh, Scott or Enterprise, and, like, that's his role whenever he's there. He just decides to walk around and talk to people on that. Please go away, Ken. Hitchcock's on here. Push the button, push the button, push the button, push the button. Oh, damn it. Uh, Well, that brings us to everybody's favorite segment of the podcast. It's... Ew, what's that smell? It's this week's installment of Hot, 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 Hot Garbage. I've missed it. I know you did. I've, I've missed that smell. Let's be honest. I, I terribly missed wafting uh, a bit of HG right wafting, in the old. Right wafting. in the. <laughs> Was it? Uh, is that a Desmet call back there? That's a fat bastard. Oh. <laughs> uh, bastard who is fat. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, we can let's just cut out the obvious of our uh, of our three three month four month sabbatical and uh, and go for okay. another one here. Yep, I'm in total denial, so I will not acknowledge it at all. Um, but my hot garbage is all of these spam text messages that I keep getting. Um, it's ridiculous that. I get all these messages and uh, I, you can't block them or prevent no. them. Uh, you can't report them to the government uh, for all these people. They want to catch all these people doing phishing scams, but it certainly isn't easy to report all these phishing scams that I get seven times a day <laughs> in my text messages, right? Is, is this just a thing that we're accepting is going to happen now forever? Like, yeah. why... You know, I don't understand why you can't just tap a button on the message that says, you know, submit for phishing to the CDC or whoever you send it to. Uh, why can't we make this happen? Uh, I, just, you know, as we get older and uh, see our parents get older, I'm always concerned uh that that they'll fall victim to these things and you know you're just one click away from losing tens of thousands of dollars for some ridiculous thing that seems to be preventable yeah uh prince in nairobi right or whatever it was 
But it's and you have to interact with them to get them to stop. Like text stop for this to stop happening. How about you just stop doing this? And I was in Florida for five days with the girls over spring break. And I am now getting text messages on the regular for like the, the like political races in Florida. Like, will you please, can we count on your vote for this? You big DeSantis supporter. Yeah. No, (laughs) again, hockey podcast. No, I am not uh, a fan of his. Um, but, but right. Like I was in there for, for five days and I'm still yeah. getting text messages for, will you please, uh, support this candidate in their race for whatever. So, so what happens it's... when you stay at Mar-a-Lago, man, you know, you get <laughs> <laughs> the, the repercussions are huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would burn, I would, the, uh, the guy from office space, Milton. I would Milton that <laughs> I would find huge grains of salt on my Mai Tai and I would burn that shit. Um but my <laughs> we've had a lot of a lot of a lot of just random callbacks for movies here and and, and anger there. But anyway, my mine is uh and this may be a callback to earlier today is people who just walk right into a, a an office or a space and they they don't ask you point blank like hey i'm getting ready to walk in this space did you just rip a disgusting fart <laughs> before i walk in here because the answer for me like is <laughs> Like an embarrassing amount of times, the answer is yes. Like we don't, we don't want to have this conversation in here. Trust me, I just had an event right now. It's a callback okay. to the wafting. Yeah, wafting, <laughs> right? Like I, I promise you, I do not, I do not keep need to keep an extra pair of britches at at work. But like it's it, without fail, whenever I got one of these hot ones that escapes. Like somebody is just coming in and they want to have a conversation about every little thing. Uh, and I got to try and keep a straight face and not start the conversation with, you know, I farted, right? Like <laughs> there used to be the masks all the time in, in those spaces, but people are coming in maskless now. So I know that I know that they know what's happening. It, it definitely attacks them. So just give a quick knock and say, hey, uh, can we have a conversation in here real quick? Or do you want to have it outside or where? And I will always say apparently outside now i i mean i was just on amazon and <laughs> i heard you clicking away man what do you got the the, uh, the, the... <laughs> the name of the product is discreets with a z uh i, I already i already want to buy it <laughs> it's a high absorption flatulence eliminator uh ends odor and noise up to a hundred percent no asterisk, but only up to 100%, not <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, so no flatulence embarrassment, although it doesn't sound like you're that embarrassed. No. Uh, but yeah, no. so. I'm, just, I'm, I'm owning it. I just. It looks like, like, yeah, it looks like there's a filter and some tape involved. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a firm no. I was just. I'm not going to, I mean, maybe at my new building, I'll have to rock those for at least a couple months before. About this item. Imagine passing silent, pleasantly smelling gas. Discreets eliminates loud, smelly gas embarrassment. I, oh, I mean, it all has that. Chemical warfare design, high absorption. Chemical warfare design? <laughs> huh? So I described it as that, I think. It's, yeah. it's salt on my senses. Sulfur is a chemical. Sulfur is, yeah. Uh, might have been in uh, the the yellow one or what? Mustard gas. I think sulfur might be. I don't know, but um, I will. I will add it to my gas. wish list. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add those to the wish list and then I'll post it um, for the for the podcast in the description for this episode. So if anybody so, wants to buy discreets, some of those throws, discreets 
<laughs> with the Z. Yep. So uh, thank you to all of our listeners for uh, joining us back again this week. Um, as always, thanks to Jeremy uh, for the music and Greg and Nicole for our drop. Yep. And uh, anybody who sticks with us or um, is uh, is new, just finding us right now, then uh, Groovy, appreciate you. Um, we won't take as long of a sabbatical again. And... <laughs> Glad to have some fun and, and be back in your cars and or your workouts or whatever you're working on and uh, and part of your day. Yep. So if you like the podcast, uh, please subscribe, rate, and view wherever you get podcasts and tell a friend. Uh, we're always looking to new grow. We're always looking to grow. Discreets. Uh, happy birthday, happy birthday, Lambert. Right. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> it was a little late. I swear that was on. You know, that was in the episode on it the was. February it 1st. Was. Yeah. It was, absolutely was. We just barely missed it, and we're just now. That was the main show note for the February 1st one, right? Yep. So we'll cap this episode off as we always do and say, let's, let's go, go Blues. blues. <laughs>